What are we going to talk to you about today? I think we're going to be in John 17. If you want to turn to John 17. Verses 19 and 20. Let's take a peek at them. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. And neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me, through their word. Let's back up a little bit and read from uh, from verse 14 on down to 20. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Notice he said that twice now in, in two verses. Sanctify them through thy, through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. And neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Let's bow our heads. Father, another precious portion of thy word, and we ask you to open our hearts to understand. May we learn more about our Lord Jesus Christ. It seems that the more we learn, the more we want to learn. And because of memories that are polluted and hearts that are corrupted, the knowledge doesn't seem to stick or to stay like it does with worldly things. And so we go over and over and over these wonderful truths, and sometimes some of them stick with us. We want to thank you for any grace thou dost give us at all. Bless this people, open their hearts, open their ears. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. This is a very, very sacred ground here. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. Bear in mind, our Lord is praying. He is in serious conversation with God the Father. He asks for some things always for the benefit of you and I, but here he is making a statement, not asking. Something he has been doing and something he is going to do. And again, it's for our sake. He had prayed, sanctify them through the truth. He said they are not of the world, so that they were in danger in the world, being exposed to the world. Once again, he says, sanctify them. For their sakes, I sanctify myself. Now, God's word is full on the subject of sanctification. You may ask why. Well, we're going to check a few scriptures to show you what the Word of God says. First of all, turn to Ephesians 1.4. 
Ephesians 1, 4, and keep your place in John 17. Ephesians 1, 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him in love. That's part of sanctification. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 5. A little bit further to the back of the book, Colossians. The third chapter. 1 through 5. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. That means put them to death. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Okay, turn to Second Peter one, look at verse three and four. Second Peter one, three and four. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. There's sanctification again. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Again, your escape mechanism is sanctification. And then we have one more last one in Titus. Titus 2. Titus 2. We back up some now. You got the three T's all in a row. First and second Thessalonians, first and second Timothy, and then Titus. Titus 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, and I'm going to tell you that's part of sanctification, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of times we read over that pretty fast. You just read through it. You know what this said? I just said? This should be your main occupation in life all through the day, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify, sanctification, you see, purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Now from these scriptures and many others, you can see that when God the Spirit works one of God's elect over, they are a changed individual. They are predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. Romans 8, 29. Take a look at it. We just had it in our Bible lesson a couple weeks ago. Romans 8, 29. 
predestinated to be conformed to the image of it. And that's something that's amazing, to be predestinated to that. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Born again, folks. Interesting. Now, in our scripture today, in John, I thought I had my place stopped there. I do. Now, what does he mean he sanctifies himself? He was the Holy One of God. It is utterly inconceivable that he could become more holy or more sanctified than he was. And by Christ saying, I sanctify myself, throws some great light on what the word sanctification really means. The meaning is, I dedicate, I consecrate, I set apart my whole self, my person, godhood and manhood, soul and body. I also consecrate all my offices as prophet, priest, and king. I set them apart. I wholly dedicate and consecrate all my fullness of grace and glory, all my righteousness, all my interest, my very existence, I set apart for the purpose and object of which I plead. Now, whatever the merit of my blood and the glory of my name, I absolutely dedicate that I may pay all that my people owe. That's why he says, for their sakes I sanctify myself. For their sakes, for you and me. Imagine, I can't imagine, I can't imagine. I can't imagine anybody on earth loving anybody like that. You hear of love stories. But here is God himself, the holy God, the creator of the universe, setting himself apart when he became flesh and blood. And what an opportunity for God himself to take on flesh, to be the greatest king that ever walked on earth to have the most power, to use all that power of the Godhead to bring himself glory, glory on top of glory. But he didn't do that. He did it to pay for his people's sins. For their sakes. Did he hold anything back? Nothing. His was a complete surrender. It was an absolute devoting of himself, all that he was as mediator, all his fullness, all his service, time, care, his thoughts, his very life itself he consecrated and set apart that he might be the satisfaction of his people. Now the blood of Christ does double duty. It is the atonement for sin and it's a sanctification of the sinner on whose heart it is sprinkled. We are said in the scriptures to be justified by his blood. Note that means that his blood paid for our sins. Look at Romans 5.9. Romans 5.9 will give us that scripture. So justification comes by the blood. 
much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. But we are also said to be sanctified by his blood. Look at Hebrews 13, 12. Hebrews 13:12 Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate Now this is offering of himself this offering of himself includes the sin offering the burnt offering the meat offering the peace offering all in one his blood cleans from all sin, both from the guilt of sin and from the filth of sin, from every kind and degree of sin and everything contained in sin, its pollution, its demerit, and its consequences, all taken care of by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where the blood of the Lamb is applied by faith, the Holy Spirit descends and dwells there forever. In this life, it is called the earnest of our inheritance. That's what you get in this life. The Holy Spirit indwelling you along with your old nature, though. I want you to see it. Ephesians 1.14. Ephesians 1.14 tells you this as much as you're going to get in this life is God's Spirit indwelling you. We've got to read verse 13 too. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest or the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of our bodies is what that means, of the purchased possession. He bought our bodies as well as our souls under the praise of his glory. If only we could always bring to mind to the comfort of our souls that when the Lord Jesus Christ hung upon the cross of Calvary as an offering for sin, all the iniquities, transgressions, and sins of the church of God whether past, present, or future, were laid upon him. You want to see it? Isaiah 53, 6. Isaiah 53, 6. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and here it comes. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now at this time, they were all future. Okay? Now when you come to Christ, they're past, present, and future. And notice it was altogether of his own doing. I sanctify myself he had the right and the authority he had the power he had the love to do it no one dictated it to him no power moved him no prayer invited him no welcome awaited him 
when he came to put away our sin by the sacrifice of himself. No sympathy, uh uh-uh. No sympathy greeted him from those whom he came to die. Boy, that first chapter of John let you know that in a hurry. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And would you and I have done any better? Uh Uh-uh, no. Sure wouldn't have. Except for the Holy Spirit quickening our souls and giving us understanding, we'd never come to Christ. This was the sinner's time of love. Now that's a little scripture over there. It used to be Brother Hale's favorite in Ezekiel 16, 8, when the Lord says, this was your time of love when you were out in the field and you were polluted in your blood. And the Lord says, live. And this was the time of love. And it's exactly our time of love when the Lord says, he sanctifies himself. It was his setting himself apart. All that he was, all that he had, and all that he could get at any time, devoting himself, dedicating himself, and delighting to do so for the persons and for the objects he had in view. Who was that? All that the Father gave him. All whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life from before the foundation of the world. See, it's all the same people. Names in a book, ones the Father gave him, the bride, the church, the elect, all the same people. This is what he did it for. This is who he did it for. Can you see the amazing personal love of our Lord Jesus Christ for his people? Not as a group, uh uh-uh, as individuals. It's not just for the disciples. For the next verse in John 17 tells us, but for all who shall believe on him through their word. He says, for their sakes. And this expression of personal love for his people runs through the whole of our Lord's work and his mission. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians and look. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. See, our sakes. Not for his, nothing he was going to accomplish by it. For your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. Now, 1 Corinthians one thirty says that he is made unto us sanctification. You want to see that? It's good for you to locate it and have it marked because it's a great scripture. 1 Corinthians one thirty. but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us is, is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification, the thing we're talking about, and redemption. For their sakes and for their sins. Uh-huh. Look at Galatians 1.14. Galatians 1.14, just behind Second Corinthians.
Galatians 1.4, I mean, not 14, 1.4, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. He gave himself for our sins that we might be forgiven, and not only forgiven, but that we might be justified from all things, and not only justified, but that we might be adopted, made sons and daughters of the Lord God Almighty, and how much better can it get? Saved from hell, brought to heaven, that his glory might not only be seen on us, but that it might be revealed in us. Now, if we lack anything, it is not because he is unable, it is not because he's unwilling, because he he is exceeding abundantly able to do that more than we can ask or think. If we lack anything, it's because we do not ask. We do not trust him, for he has truly said, for their sakes I sanctify myself. Turn to Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. <laughs> exceedingly, abundantly. Can't even, get, can't even get words enough to describe the Lord's devotion to his people. Now all the Father's dealings with his people in grace and in glory begin according to the divine rule with the Lord Jesus Christ. He always starts with him. To do unto him and with him what in his purpose and grace and love he intends to do with us. And thus that makes Christ the fountainhead and source of all of our blessings. Turn to Romans 8.29. I'm going to give you an example now of a few things the Lord does first to him and then to us. Romans 8.29 the last part of that is, is that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then when he's the firstborn, then we are begotten in him. In Ephesians 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The reason why we're blessed in spiritual, with spiritual blessings in heavenly places is because Christ is the most blessed forever. Now Christ is first filled with all fullness and then we receive of his fullness. Look at Colossians 1.9. A few more pages to the back. Colossians 1.9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then look at 2.10. 2.10. And ye are complete in him 
which is the head of all principality and power. There's another one back there in Colossians 1, which says uh, verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And then the first chapter of John tells us that we partake of that fullness. Look at 1 John. I mean, not 1 John. I mean John 1. John 1, verse 16. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. Christ was crucified for sin and then Paul tells us that we are crucified with him. That's Galatians 2.20. You don't have to turn there. And Christ was more than a conqueror and in Romans 8, we had it a couple weeks ago, says that we are more than conquerors through him. He did in his love and in covenant with the Father and the Holy Spirit absolutely and voluntarily dedicate and set apart his whole person his inheritance, his offices, his very life itself to be the everlasting portion and supply for his people's needs, both spiritual and temporal. Therefore, and for this end, the Lord Jesus Christ is to us God's unspeakable gift, consecrated and sanctified, to be the atonement for our sins and our everlasting righteousness, sanctified to make our peace with God to procure our adoption and to bestow on us the spirit of adoption. In Galatians and also Romans 8 tells us that we are sons of God adopted into God's family. Now, I've often told you the reason why God's people have to be adopted in the family is because generally you haven't got a family left when God saves you. If God has truly saved you, there's not very many friends in the family that care about you. It just happens to be that way. There aren't many people saved, period. And you have no place to go. The world's not your home. Everything in the world you can't stand. What's God do? He adopts you into his family. You become a child of God. And first John over there, John tells us, Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when we shall see him, we'll be like him. Isn't that great? Adopts us into his family because we're, we're orphans. We really are. Not of this world. Christ said in John 17 here, they are not of this world. Again, he says that they are not of this world because I am not of this world. Now, the resurrection of Christ from the dead and his ascension into heaven plus the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost are just so many pledges and acknowledgments of our Heavenly Father's part, on our Heavenly Father's part, that our Lord Jesus Christ did not sanctify himself in vain, but that his offering was accepted and his prayer heard, his desire fulfilled, and God's word tells us this. Look at Hebrews 10.10, and we're getting to the end here. Hebrews 10.10. By the which will, we are sanctified, which we're talking about today, sanctification, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, how many times? Once 
for all. Isn't that wonderful? Complete in Christ without one thing being done by the sinner. And amazing as it always will be, we are sanctified in him. Look at Hebrews 2.11. While you're back there in Hebrews, Hebrews 2.11. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. All part of the same family. Now he's done this with his own blood. His blood justifies, sanctifies, and gives us the victory. And the last scripture we're going to turn to is Revelation 1.6. Revelation 1.6. No matter where you start in the scriptures, there's blood. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the most precious possession that's ever touched the surface of the earth the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ verse 5 chapter 1 of Revelation and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood that is the most wonderful thing that can happen to anybody is for the Lord Jesus Christ to tell you that his blood has washed away your sins. Now you see, when he tells you that, when you know that your sins are paid for, then you are capable of receiving eternal life because our Lord earned that by keeping the law perfectly. He kept the law perfectly and earned eternal life for human beings. But it would do them no good if they were sinners and their sins weren't paid for. So that's why his blood paid the price for our sins. You got that all straight now? His dying in his blood paid for our sins. His keeping the law perfectly earned for us eternal life. And him being God, he can give it to as many as the Father gave him. So there you have eternal life. You have your sins paid for. You are now free to be a child of God. He adopts you into the family. And it even gets better. You're going to have a new body one day that won't sin. A mind that will be totally uncorrupted. Unpolluted mind. Can you believe that? An unpolluted memory? All the pollution in here just wants to kick everything wholly out. Push it aside. Cover it over with filth. But there's coming a day when your mind will be clear. We will not sin. No sin in body, mind, action, word, thought, nothing. That's the great hope. And that's why we cry, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come quickly, we're waiting. Let's bow our heads. Father, we ask thy blessing upon these few words spoken to this people. Glad you sent each one out here. May we have all learned a little bit more about our Lord Jesus Christ. Our God, 
sanctifying himself for our sakes. Oh, let that burn into our hearts and minds this day. For our sakes, he had to go through everything he went through to give us eternal life and to pay for our sins. Blessed and holy be the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. You're all dismissed.